All right, good afternoon. <clears throat> Shir today has been given during uh, the Zman, the Seder of uh, learning Hukos Ribis Le'ion. So, Mamela uh, has passed us that uh, the Shir itself should not be on Hukos Ribis. So, I want to talk about the Shaila that came up that actually has to do directly with being in Kailo, how being in Kailo could per- perhaps lead someone to a question of Ribis. <laughs> not that. Not that, because no one owes anyone anything, as we'll see in a moment. So, the Shaila uh, appears in the Shaila Sitchovis Hart Tzvi <clears throat> by the, the guy in the Tzvi Pesach Frank, who's one of the Choshver Rabbanim in Eretz Yisrael around when uh, the Medina uh, became the Medina. He passed away in Tavshin Chafalov. Before we continue, of course, you always like to find what's the connection to us. So, for example, when the Rebbe was very involved in the parsha of the ships on Shabbos, fighting that the Israeli ships on Shabbos are a problem, and other Rabbanim were not so sure, or they thought they might be okay. So, you know, the Rebbe was leading that battle. So, in Igris Kedosh Chelek Yud Gimel, there's a letter from El Tavshin to Zion to Shlomo Yosef Zevin, and in the middle, the Rebbe writes, of course, referring to the group of Bachrim, at the Rebbe Center, it's Israel, then right after the uh, the murder of the by, the by the terrorists in Kfar Chabad. And in fact, it is mentioned, we do have the Yerman of their trip, they also mentioned this. So they reported back to the Rebbe, they had a Frank Sheikh, they visited him, and they were talking to him about this, and he said, you know, they're telling him the Rebbe has letters, the Rebbe is an expert, the Rebbe has letters, so Frank said, I haven't seen the letters, he doesn't know exactly what even though it sounds generally like Frank is more uh, pro the Rebbe's position. So he says, that's why I'm asking that you uh, get my letters to, for Frank's, uh, you know, for he should be able to look at it as soon as possible. And there are more, there are more there are additional details relating to the Rebbe and his involvement in this parsha, but that's not, we're not getting into that now. So that uh, uh, aside... So in Shalos and Shiva's heart, Tzviyayadadeya, Simon Kuflam at Beis, he asks, the question is, is there Yibis in Shtadis Shel Kailum? Before we get to the question, just a little uh, background, right? So the Shiva's talking about Kailum as they were set up in Eretz Yisrael at the time. So what exactly are the Kailum? So we know Bechlalas over the generations, there was always a very small group of Yidin that always maintained a presence in Eretz Yisrael. Uh, as late as the 1800s, before Zionism, um, 85% of the Goyim in Israel, uh, people in Israel, were Muslims. It was about hundreds of thousands of people were Muslims. Five, about 5% were Jews, about a few thousand people. And, and then, as the, one Zionism kicked in, so then the numbers started shifting. So there's always a very small presence in Eretz Israel. Uh, for whatever reason, there never was really much of, of a financial basis to the community there. They, didn't, uh, they couldn't really support themselves. So for hundreds of years, they used to say in the Shadar, originally back in the day, 1600, they used to say, So they used to travel to the lands of the Svadim, the lands of Ashkenazim. And Ashkenazim in particular, you only really moved to Eretz Yisrael, Mamish, for Rukhnistic reasons. It's not like the people who live nearby that moved in and out. You're, you're going specially for, for Rukhnis. And then in the 1700s, we see there were a number of organized 
Aliyahs for this purpose. And the most famous one for our purposes is uh, the, the Aliyah, the Talmudah Hamagid, led by the Mendel of Vitebsk. And we know that Al-Tareb almost joined them. Ultimately, Al-Tareb remained behind. And he became, and that is how he became the Manig of the Chassidim in White Russia. And the rest is history. So that's when we start seeing this new phenomenon that there's a particular group in Eretz Yisrael supported by a particular group back home. They're supporting each other. So like the Alter Rebbe started raising money, started fundraising, specifically for this group of chassidim, as you see throughout the Geras HaKadosh and Tanya, uh, where you see the igris that the Alter Rebbe wrote that have a chassidus teichen, and then, of course, there are additional igris that are just relating to the technical aspects of uh, raising the money, sending the money, which uh, those who are the historians can, you know, like to get into the details of. As we know, as time went on, Avram Kalisker got into a uh, dispute with Al-Tarebbe. He was the mining in Israel after the passing of Remendel of Vitebsk. And we know from the different letters about this as well. And so maybe for the first time in history, there was a clear pro-Chabad camp and an anti-Chabad camp in Eretz Israel. And that spread back to Chutzlaret. So now you had a pro-Chabad camp. Al-Tarebbe is raising money for those in Eretz Israel who are in his camp. And then... From Kalaska and Israel, he started arranging his own fundraising system involving other Chassidish Tzadikim that were more in line with his Ashkafas, and they were raising money for them. So once that happened, as time went on, more and more groups from different countries started appearing in Israel, and also coming up with this kind of system, uh, different countries in Eastern Europe. Uh, so you have more and more of these organizations, and they then split, and they split, and then you have multiple such organizations. So all these organizations are referred to by the name Koil. Koil, that's how you have Koil Chabad, which is the Al-Tarebbe's Maisid, Koil Varsha, Koil Ungaren. If you're familiar a little bit, you've heard of these, these Koilim. At one point, there was even something called Koil America. My understanding is that the word Koil, Be'etzem, is like a archaic word for what we call today a Vad, and you're going an organization those words only became popular later. And before that, the word was koil. Well, so, huh? All those koils exist today? Uh, some of them, to some extent. Um, the ones who are anti-Zionist, they're still part of koil shemri achemis, which is the continuation of koil lungaren. Um, there are moistas called bate varsha, real estate is called bate varsha that belong to koil varsha. I think Ger controls that. And it's different. There's still, if you follow the news, you will see sometimes how that's... Um, it's still ongoing to some extent. Chabad, of course, still exists in some format. Right. Um, so, um, so the word Kyle just seems to mean an organization. It's the Kyle, it's the organization of these people, organization of these people. Um, but of course, ultimately, it was to support basically people who are sitting there learning in Eretz Israel. Then, as time went on, the word Kyle seems to have come to mean what it means today, which is any group of people that are sitting and learning and being supported in some way. Already in the end of the 1800s, we find already in the, in Europe, in Lita, that Rabbi Salanter opened the Kail Kovna, which uh, is already seems to be closer in line to the concept we have today of a group of Yingalites in a city that are learning and being supported by the people there. Um, and then ultimately, of course, history culminates in the Kail Lahira Mises, which we are in today, right? Okay. So what was the Seder then? The Seder was that often there were delays in the money reaching Eretz Yisrael in time to be distributed by the local kail. So that created a problem. So what ended up happening was is that they started creating documents to trade in 
that corresponded to the value that was expected to come in the next delivery. So, C. Pesach Frank says, I was asked about the Shtaris HaKoyalim, it's already a, a thing here in Yerushalayim, that it's actually signed even by the Mamunim of the Koyal. Every Yachid in the Koyal gets a Shtar signed by the Mamuna. Instead of money, right, you come, there's no money yet. Okay, so let's create a Shtar for you instead. So, the way it's written is that, first of all, the Bala Shtar, seeing the Chavar HaKoyal himself, who's supposed to get the money. So, first of all, he writes to his Chaivas, that whoever is Moisik Savzah, whoever has the star, now gets this and this amount. He, was, he gets that part of the Chalukah. And the date was going to be this and this day when the money is expected to come. And the Apitiki is the portion of the money that's supposed to come, meaning Apitiki is when you don't want to create a Shibut over all the Nechassim, so the Apitiki is the Shibut, a, a specific Nechass. So here, the Chavar HaKel is promising the money, and the Apitiki is the money that the Kel is going to get shortly. And he's giving the Shus to the Mamunim to pay direct, pay out directly to whoever shows up with the Shtar, even if they don't have to contact him anymore, they don't need to you know, confirm with him, because he was Mavatya, he has no control anymore. So that's his part. Then, also the Mamunim, they also signed that, yes, they uh, are, are fully on board with this, and they will uh, respect this agreement. Whoever brings the star will get that uh, that chilek that when, uh, when it's time to collect. Money will be set aside, and um, it's not like they only, only know who the Chavar HaKel is. If, uh, and if he doesn't come, then the money's going to disappear. No, they're, they're fully cooperating here. The money will be waiting for whoever brings the star. So that, what's the tale? What's the tale is that uh, you can get cash uh, right now. You don't have to wait till the money actually comes. So these shtaris mamish became Eifel HaSeicher, who's trading it openly. And the way, of course, it always works. The reason why it's worth it is you always buy the shtar for less than the amount in the shtar. And the person buying it is going to have to wait. And in exchange for waiting, he's going to get more. So seemingly there's not an issue of a risk. It seems like the money was pretty much guaranteed, but it's the Hamtana, right? The Meicher doesn't want to wait, and he's willing to lose, and the Kainer is willing to wait and to earn. So what's the problem? Sri Pesach says, L'chayra, is this Hashash, is because ultimately what's happening here? Uh, the Kainer the paid, let's say, he gave a hundred, hundred dollars, hundred, whatever the currency is, he gave a hundred, and then ultimately he's going to collect a hundred and twenty. Says, ah, it is a Yushalmi, it's quoted in the Swan, the Rambam, Shokanarach, Eredea, Simikovayan Gimel, Siv Dalad, if you want to look it up. So the way it's quoted, not in Shokanarach, but in the early Makaris in the Yushalmi, Yesh Dvarim Shehenk Mayribis Umutarim. There are things that are like Ribis but are allowed. Kaita, the Kayach, Adam, Shtaris, of Shokhaveri, the Pachas, Veni, Chayshish. The Chayir says clearly you can buy the Shtar from your friend for less, and it's not a problem. You look in the Shokanarach there in Kofayan Gimel Dalad, Mishish, the Shtar Chayval Chaveri. Okay, so it sounds like it's easy, straightforward. But if you look in the Shach there, Sifkot and Ches, which you can look up as well, quotes from the Adoyas Ashri, that the Malva has to be, um, we're talking about selling a Choyv there. So the Malva, who's now selling it, has to be Mesalak himself, removing himself completely from the Choyv. And there has to be b'maimut shloshton. They all have to be there involved. So it be a very serious kenyan. So it seems like it's very important that it should mamish be a mechira. 
And then it's like selling any other asset that uh, accrues value later. In the, in the din or in the case? In the case, the person in the coil knows he's getting money at the end of the month, at the end of a few months. He can't wait, so he makes a star. Everyone signs the moon, and they all agree uh, that he's going to sell his chalak in the chalukah to someone else. He'll get cash now. The cash he's getting now is less than what he's supposed to get. And then the person who bought it makes a profit when the money for the chalukah finally comes. So the chayr and Shulchan Aruch talks about the idea of selling a star chayv. But the Shach says, that Mamash has to be a full-fledged Kenyan. Why? Because then Yitak is selling an asset, and then the asset uh, gained value. But what you want to avoid is, is that what, what, what essentially might be happening here is that the Kaina really all he did was he lent money. He lent $100 now to the Meicher, who's the... Uh, so the Shach said, no, the Shach said, you have to do a Kenyan in my Mishlashka. Could say whatever you want, but Papayo Mamish, what happened here is he gave him a hundred dollars and who says who's, who decides if it was a sale or a loan? So we have to come up with a system to decide whether it's a sale or a loan. And we're saying that the way to decide is if, if this talk, uh, at least according to the Shah Gaisa Shri, that there has to be a Kenya Mamish Lashdan. Otherwise, what ends up happening is that essentially you lent a hundred dollars and then Stuff happened, and then the guy returned $120. So why shouldn't... Uh, so I was like, what's the problem here? Maybe you can also say that uh, here it's also a sale. The problem here is a, the, the, the unique problem here. See, Pesach says, you can't say in these shtaris that you're being moicher the shibud. Right? Because the whole idea is, is that the uh, the moicher, the the, the, the the middle person is supposed to get completely out of the picture. He's not supposed to be involved anymore. And now the kainah has direct shibu to the source of the money. He'll deal directly with that. But you can't say that here. Why not? She says the Balashtar himself, who's selling his chalak, he doesn't have anything here himself until the money reaches from Chutzlaret to the Mimunim. Now it's a Dover Shaloi Bola The money Bechal isn't here. The money doesn't exist yet. So Amela, it's not something you could sell. It's not potatoes Kenyan. So if there's an absence of a Kenyan here, if a Kenyan is not possible here, then we're left with a halva adzman apeiroid, right? So the kailo seemingly is not really responsible to pay anyone anything. There's no etzem shibud ischayvus existing right now until the money comes. Apparently there's no chayv that you can point at. Pahamamish, there's an understanding that as long as the kailo functions and they're going to they're gonna pay the money that they promised. But there's no shibud here yet. So Mamela, there's no money, there's nothing here to sell until the money Mamish comes with Pail Mamish. Until then, there's nothing for to sell. So Bazoi, this whole star and this whole Mechira are essentially fictitious. Nothing was actually, nothing exists, nothing was sold, nothing was bought. So Bazoi, again, we're left just with a halva. He paid, he lent 100 and he got 120 back. So it's Yisrinibus. And the uh, Tzvi Pesach says, this is not just a chashash that I just made up right now. It's actually a Mephurashim Maharit. That's the Margilian Marsha. is a Shleim Egez Mitzayim there in, in Yeridea, to this Maharit, uh, about an earlier period in the history of Yerushalayim, the way things worked then. So we're going to look directly in the Maharit, and we'll see how, how things work. So the Maharit, of course, is Rebbe Yosef Mitrani, the son of the Ma'abit. 
And interestingly, as I was putting this together, I saw that his yard site is given as Yud Dalit Tamuz Shin I didn't I didn't look up who the yard sites were for today and then work backwards. It uh, came across it. Um, so the Shut Marit Chelik Beis Eredei Simlamates says that back then the Memunim themselves of Yudishalayim were in a tight space. They themselves were waiting for the money for the Rakhilim. They themselves needed the money, and they were borrowing Beribis. They were borrowing and Pashat paying back uh, for every hundred. They were paying a percentage of Beribis. People with money. No? Give them with money. So whoever it was who wrote to the Marit said, he finds it very surprising, and the Marit says, I agree. So first we're going to go and we're going to first bring the first section, which is a really uh, slightly different Nakuda, but also has to do with Saka Numus. So he says, maybe the Parnassim got the idea that uh, it's, it's not for us, it's for the call, it's for the Aniyim, Tamid Chachamim, generally. And we have a Rashba that said, the opposite, where you have Moeshalanim and you want to make money for the Moeshalanim. So the question is whether you can lend the Moeshalanim to make a profit with the Ribbis. So the Rajba is the one who said that it might be okay. And then he added a line that uh, that's essentially no one owns this money that belongs to Hektashanim. And the Gizbar who's doing the transaction is not his own money, it's no one's money. It's brought in here today as Simon Kofsamach's If Yud Ches, you may recall. Um, so, um, so maybe the people in Yerushalayim want to be uh, if you could take the money of Aniyim and, and lend it to make money because there's no buying you do it. And that way the Aniyim will earn your business. So maybe you could also do the opposite. You'll uh, borrow money, let's and the Nemo paid him, it's right, there's no Bailam. It has to be where we're going to say that the Torah only asserts, if it comes, but Marit says there's no Sad here at all. First of all, the Rashba himself was only Lamaisa, not Lamaisa. So then, how are you going to start applying that practically? And he says, anyway, where did you get this idea from that Yudbis, uh, you need Bailam, you do him? It brings an interesting Raya. Among other things, it was an interesting line from the beginning of Ezra Nashach. The Mora says, "Normally, the cost of Rachman, Allah, but it is Allah because Allah by no, it's a tzrichasah for each one." So at the end, it says, "We don't need Allah for Gazel because it's a matzah from Nibbis and Aino." So why do we need Allah for Gazel? So the Mora says, "It's a shtikol doichik. It's for a kaivish tzchar sachir, the guy who doesn't pay the salary, so he's going to be over on two lavim now, the Gazel." So he says, but when it says, if it's true that the Torah only asked the Bailam Yudum and Yuchadim, so that's unique to Ribis, but that's not true by Gazel. So then you would need a love by Gazel to tell you that you're even Chayev, unlike by Ribis, where without Bailam Yudum it's fine, by Gazel without Bailam Yudum you're still Chayev. Because Gazel did Rabbim, he's still from a Rabbim is Gazel, and the Rabbim Shadazlu are also called Kazlanim, brings an eye to that. So, Rabbi why are we using the law for Gazel for Kavish Schar Sacher, which Bechlal is uh, the rule in Shas is that if you have another Drasha, you shouldn't just pile up the Lavim for something. So, that's the guy he brings from the Shakavatar of the Gemara. So, he says, I believe that Ashba never said it, uh, except in cases where Daniim, Mamish, none of the money is earmarked for a particular Ani. So then, there's mom and she'en le'toivim. No one can come and say, give me my money. It's, it's that, in that case, it's mom and she, no one can claim it. 
But in the case where the Aniyim are getting a set amount, then it's a moment she actually toive him. But if it's taka, if it's taka inly toive him, the Ani comes and you say, you know, I'm not giving it to you. So then it's not chash of mom and Then in that case, taka gazel doesn't isn't really apply here as well. And he brings a raya that it says that if you're mazik matnas kuhuna, right? A kohen supposed to get matnas kuhuna. So if you're mazik it or you eat it, you're potter. You don't have to pay the kohen. And the Gemara says why? One of the reasons the Gemara says is that it's a mom and she ain't like No particular kohen owns the matnas kuhuna. So uh, you know, can't sue me. Who's going to sue me? No one. Uh, no one has a claim. Agav, I was asked to speak on one of the Sumi Harambam uh, the other week, so I mentioned, among other things, that the tshuva and shouts at tshuvas afkas reichel, race of Karo. The tshuva itself is from someone else, but the discussion is about the mystery as to why we're not mekayim the mitzvah of matnis kuhuna bezman azet, mefurish and the Rambam, that it's noeg b'chol zman b'chol mokim, so why does no one do it? It's not in it to all not here. So this tshuva is trying to argue that it's all one big mistake, and we talk I have to do it. So among other things, right, maybe as a theory as to why it uh, fell out of practice, he says, because the moment she'en le'toivim, no one kind can come and say, give me my mountainous kohuna. So mamela, no kind came to ask for it, and then the person never gave it, and then as time went on, very nice. Anyway, so that's the uh, the vart talk. So we see there's no gazel by moment she'en le'toivim. So he says... Then, according to this, you talk, uh, won't need a tzrichus, uh, special limud for gazel because the din is talking the same for both. So, so he says, if there are a niyam, they get a set amount, like Tamid Chacham, they get a weekly uh, stipend, or the Tamidim, the Tamatayr, or the Malamdim, and the Aniyam, they always get meals every day, whatever it was that the Mimunim Yerushalayim were responsible for at the time of Marit. So, it is a moment she actually toyed him, and there are bialim, so merely you can't, the Rashbu's idea doesn't apply here because it's not the same thing. It says, in any way, besides that, really, all the Bnei Ha'ir are the Bailam here. It not that it belongs to nobody, it belongs to everybody. Because the moment from Chutzlar, it's for Tzarechi Ha'ir, and they spend money, maybe they owe the guy money, then they have to pay them back with this money. Otherwise, they'd have to pay on their own. So it's really their money. They already uh, have uh, credit, and they have to pay back. And even, he says, even if there's un, non-earmarked money, where it's for Aniyam, generally, but not for anyone in particular, but you give whatever it is to them, and then the rest goes to Tzarechi Ha'ir. So Yabazai, when you're paying the Nibis, when you're paying a certain percentage to the, to the Malve, that money, if you wouldn't pay it for Nibis, would have been, that's not the money that goes to the Aniyam that wasn't earmarked. That's the money that was left over the Tzarechi Ha'ir. So that money would have gone to the ear. So that proves that the money is all the bailam are the ear, the whole city are the bailam of this is for the Tzarechi Ha'ir, if the money wouldn't have gone to Nibis. So everyone is a leva here, or a malva here, a leva. Everyone here is a leva through the two v'yair, who are the shluchim, etc. And they're the ones paying back. So tadib is ksutsa mileva l'malva. In Yom there are also letters from al about something somewhat related, which is that the, those collecting money for Karol Chabad and Chutzlar, they thought that while they're waiting to send the money, they'll make a gmach, they'll lend money uh, to people locally. Point problem is, of course, that uh, gemachs don't usually get all their money back. So the Kail Chabad was losing money or was getting delayed. And uh, the way the al describes it, it's Mamash Bikuach Nefesh, if the right amount of money doesn't come on time. So the al was writing very sharp to stop it. Stop. Somewhat related. Now, continuing the Marit to the part that's negated to what we're discussing here. So you said, oh, you gave me another possibility. You wrote that um, what if 
we make it that the mouth of the people lending money to the Mimunim and Yerushalayim, to the Parnasim, what if we make it that they're already kind of the money that's going to come from Chutz Laaretz? Huh? So this is already uh, more or less this idea that uh, they're being kind of the, the future money, so it's a mecher. I bought the money uh, for later, 120 from later for 100 now. So it says, first of all, if it was takadera chirayis, meaning if the money gets lost now on the way, then they talk and say, okay, I took a loss. The Yishalayim doesn't owe me money anymore. Then we have what to talk about, because then you're taka treating it like a mecher. Now it's your uh, property out there. But the reality is that they are always running to the Mammonim to pay the Ribbis. Right? The Karen, uh, whenever, but every month they're coming to get the Ribbis. And sometimes if they, uh, they can't find it, they take money from somewhere else. They're very much uh, dedicated to getting the money directly from the Mammonim, even if it's some other money. So, and then, when I want to add to what you said, that even if we say they were Mechabal Achrayis and they're not going to harass the Mammonim anymore, you still can't make this tonight. Here's where he mentions this idea. So the call doesn't have the money to sell it. Once uh, they have it, that's when they're going to get it. And then they're just paying back a loan. And uh, the Yushalmi, this idea is only when there's Ksiva, so full Kenyan, not so Goy Sashri. But when there's no Kenyan, it's not a Mecha, but a Malva. So Mela. What you have here is nothing more than Agar Nata. So that's the Marit. So back to the Sea Pesach. In this case, also, we have a problem. Marit isn't the only say on this matter. We also have the Machne Ephraim, Ephraim Navon. So there's Simulam and Gimel. He also gets into this. Um, he mentions that Veloy Zachar is Yosef. He doesn't mention Marit Bechlal, Marit's opinion at all. But the Menachem Ephraim wants to say that it's fine. So let's take a look also in the Menachem Ephraim directly. Menachem Ephraim is talking about a case. Reuven sold Shimon a star that he had for a guy. And he just gave the star to, to Shimon. Fine, now you have the star. Now you go collect it. But they didn't do an additional star hakna. A star that says, I am hereby giving you that other star. So can Shimon take a go and get the ribbons from the guy? Or was there really no Kenyan here? So Amela, all Shimon did was give Alva to Ruben, and the guy is paying back Ruben, and Ruben's paying back uh, Shimon, and he's paying Ribbis to Shimon. Right, the same idea. If there's no Mecher, it's Alva, and here they didn't really try to make a Mecher. So this actually connects to now what we're learning, Kuf Samachas, Kuf Samachas. So there's an Ensif Yud Ches and Shulchan Aruch. So there's a case of a mashkin shall go beyond Yisrael. And now the year is taking the mashkin to Yisrael, Haveira, so he should loan him money. And when the guy comes to reclaim the mashkin, he'll pay, you know, the ribbis will go to him. So also, it's the same discussion here, essentially. Are you able to be meicher and be makna the chayvir now? The guy in the middle is not involved anymore, or he is still involved, and it's going through him, and it's a ribbis. So the Torah writes, B'Shem Rebbein that it's okay, as long as he says, Reini so that's, he's not involved anymore. He says, it seems that the Kenyan did not work. So the Ribbis is all going, is all flowing straight through the guy in the middle to the Malva, to the, to the guy who got the, the Mashkin, ultimately, and uh, it's awesome. So Ibazai, what's the reason? The Khaira the Vart is that En Yisrael Migoy Goy Yisrael Kani Mashkin. There's no Kenyan here to begin with. And the original Mashkin, so Mamela, 
if you weren't kind of to begin with, you can't be mocking it to the next person either. So this idea where there's no opinion is impossible, it remains alva. And Benu Tam holds that even though the original Yid couldn't be kind of the mashkin from the guy, he can still be mocking it to the next person. Why? Because he has a certain shibut. The guy owes him money, and there's a certain shibut here. He can sell that shibut. And that's Benu Tam's shita b'chlal. He holds mechidah shtaris day Isa. That if I have a shibun and something else, I can be marking it to the next person. That's a unique shit of Rabbeinu Tam. But many disagree and say that Mechidah Shtaris is the Rabbanon because the Malve doesn't have anything right now. It's not really an asset. Balchayv uh, is only Goyva Mikano Lahaba. In the same way you can't be Matashit and say uh, the thing that I have a shibun and is Hektash now. So then why should be able to be marking it to someone else? The same thing. It says, for this reason, the Rosh Pataka holds that you can't be mishabed your shtari chayv. If uh, you can't count your uh, debts that people owe you as an asset uh, for your own debts. Oh, now, Machin Ephraim says that no, that's not exactly what's going on here in Simen Kof Samachas Kof Samachas. Those disagree with Minatam disagree for another reason. Um, not that there's Yudibis because there's no Akhenosis. If you look at the Maharam, it says it's not Yudibis. Maharam himself writes, literally, the Enkan is Yudibis, the Haleka Halva, the Lav Agar Natarlihu, Shari Loi Kibal Achrayas. says that uh, the guy in the middle is not uh, is not Achray anymore. Only the guy is Achray. So Yibazoi, the money that's coming to the, to the Kaina, the guy who got the with the mouth, the, the final mouth, the final guy, when he's getting the money, it's not out of for Agarnatar for Hamtanas Hamois of the middle guy, because the middle guy is not involved anymore. He doesn't need a Toiva. He's not responsible. So what's the problem here? It's Pashat Mishum Gezel, because since there was no real transfer of the Chaiv, so Mamela, you were never Kaina the Ibis, so Mamela, the Meicher only thought he was. Meicher thought he was being makin to you the chayv of the ribis, and Mamela, that's how the ribis is going to get to you. But if the Meicher knew that this whole thing didn't really work up Yalacha, and he's only giving him the, the extra at the end, he would never be Meichel. So it's Pashat Gezel. And in this Gufa, not like a bit of time, but in this Gufa, there are those who disagree and say, no, once you agree, once you uh, have an agreement, but Pearl Mamish, the middle guy, he, even if he could technically change his mind, he could still, uh, he's still going to want to be known as honest. So Amela, we can assume that it's, uh, it's a done deal. So Machin Ephraim says, Ebozai, Kumtais, what do we see from here? That if you sell something to your Chavar, even if there was no Kenyan, whether because it's Machmas, Shudov, or Shleib, or Elam, so that's one thing he mentions clearly, or it's a Chayv of a guy where it's hard to be Machna things, or it's a Milva Alpev, Yid, as long as you were able to give the Achrayas to Lekeach, and the middle guy is not responsible anymore, you can't come to him anymore to, to claim from him, so he seemingly clearly disagrees with the Marit. The Marit also made this point that if Achrayas would wear Elamai, he held there's no Achrayas, there's no way to transfer the Achrayas with Dawash Lebolayel. And Machrayas says, no, Dawash Lebolayel, as long as the Lekeach has Achrayas, it's now his loss, and it's fine. I. what about Tabeinu Tam? I made it sound like you have to do more. What about Simon Kofayin Gimel, the Hagoyas Ashri? He says, he thinks the Pshat and Shulchan Aruch is not like Agoras Ashri. According to Shulchan Aruch, all you need is Kabbalah Sachrayas. Agoras Ashri goes further. He gets into that to explain that. It's just, he says, it's all to make sure that your Chaka transferring the Achrayas to the Lekeach. 
But the goal is, ultimately, the only issue here is to get the Achrayas to the Lekeach. If you get the Achrayas to the Lekeach, according to the Machin Ephraim, even if there's no proper Kenyan, because it's a Dovish Le'Boloelam, it works. The Haritz Tzvi gets a bit into his Raya, so we're not going to get into that. So he says, Rebazoi, we can say the same thing here. Rafidus Mahalach, or selling the Shtaris, Melchatchila, their agreement, understanding what the Shtaris is, Taka, that the guy in the middle is no longer involved. If the coil is somehow not going to be able to follow through and pay or whatever, that's uh, tough luck on the kaina of the star. It's not like the chavra kaila now is still responsible. It's tackled the understanding that he's completely uninvolved. And the mamunim themselves are on board. And they're saying, yes, absolutely, we're going to give it directly to the to Moisik the You can come directly to us. We'll do it directly with you. Yeah, Mishi, yeah. Um... And even the Gaboy Kaidash, it's the ones bringing the money. It's also with the understanding that we'll give the money out to Lavdafka to the people on the list. I might end up going to other people. So, Bazai, Hartsvi says, Lays Dain Tzorich Baishish, that the Baal Hashtar Harishin never got the money. The money is not going to go through him. Once the money arrives and is given out, it's not like the money is going back through him, back up to the Kaina and Bazai. It's Ribis, the 120 is going through him. It's very clear that it's not going through him. Uh, he was never Zaycha Pakar, he was never Zaycha in the Kasif. Great. So he's never Zaycha ever. So he's not involved. The Munim was Zaycha for the Maitzi Ashtar. So there's no ribbus here from Leva to Malva. You know, so that's so the Machina Frames idea that you don't need a Macher. Just a Chrayas could, could work here. Um, what? We didn't say, we're saying Taka that he's not. Uh, well, as we explained, technically there's no Kenyan here, so but we're saying that you're able to have this. We just have to clarify this is how it works. This is uh, and this is the decisive factor. You say, I found Taka Smach in the Birka Yosef because, it, but, yeah. So that's what I said in the beginning. He said, uh, when he said right away about uh, more or less, he said, technically, uh, no one knows you anything until uh, you get it. <clears throat> so, uh, this question, the Marit, right? The Marit didn't like the fact that the, they, they, were bar- they, were, they were borrowing money, but the Poyo Mamish, the Munim Yerushalayim, kept on doing it, 1600s, 1700s. So we find in the Birka Yosef, the uh, Chidon, in Simakov Samach Taska, he quotes from a Sefer Shari Yeshua, which he quotes a lot. Shari Yeshua was by someone by the name of Rabbi Yeshua Zain, passed away in the year Tavkuf. The Chidon quotes from Ksav Yad a lot throughout his Sefer. It was only printed in the last few decades. But this question, they're continuing to do it. So Rabbi Yeshua Zain, in Shari Yeshua, quoted by the Birka Yesef, says, that the Parnassim and the Manhigim, um, it's all Mepreet Sidkas Achenu Shebuchutz Laaretz. And Achenu Shebuchutz Laaretz are giving it a shush to the Memunim to, to borrow, and then they're going to, it's like they're paying back on behalf of the Memunim. The Memunim are going to borrow, and Chutz Laaretz is going to pay back. So it's also kind of the same idea, same concept that we're talking about here, where the middle guy borrows, and then the person who's giving the giving the actual money is going to pay the full amount to the the malvin. Um And then he brings an ayah from the same shach there in Sum Kafayim Gimel the Hamshach. It says weiter that if uh, but you have to do 
what if the life is a guy? What are you going to do then? Are you going to you can't do a Kenyan? So he says, the Moich, tells the Kainah, I am really Moich of the whole debt to the guy. I'm not going to tell him. Trust me, I'm going to give it to you. I'm not going to keep it for myself. It's going to go to you. And now, I'm Emma's Potter from you. That's what it says there. So, ah, so in that case, Take, there's no, the Nachri, the whole problem was there was no Mechira. You can't do Mechira here. And the money is going to flow through the middle guy even, technically. Um, but since he told them in advance, I'm not being zeich in it, I, I'm going to pick it up between me and you, we know the truth, that I'm not, I have nothing to do with the guy anymore, and I'm just picking it up and I'm giving it to you. So it's like the guy in the middle is not in the middle. So if I call Shikain here with the Shtari Akailo, that uh, the mob the is talking, getting it directly from the Mamunim, and the guy in the middle is Bechlan out of at all. So it's even better than that case with the guy in the guy Sushri. Then he concludes that even the Maritz will agree over here. Says, you could say that even the Maharetz who says that you need to have Mechira and Dabr Shlomo there's no Mechira, here is different. Because by now, these Shtardas HaKaylem have become such a thing, and it's posh, uh, it's like a secondary market. It's a secondary market of Shtardas uh, The Tagarim, the people in business are, uh, you know, even maybe resong it, resong it. It's Mamish Oiver Laseich Niknam Yad so you could say that even it's a double shleibol oilam, but this midin situmta that it's the daracha soichem to do this. That's enough of a kenyan. I there's a shuvah Rabbi based on early mekoyes who argued that taka you can't have situmta double shleibol oilam, but there's a ksam soifer who proved that it does work. Now of course this is really a whole separate general discussion. There's different shittas. Uh, I found one uh, article that actually deals directly in that question of and the way it concludes there is like this, that Aruch HaShulchan brings in, in but brings the two days, and Aruch HaShulchan writes, Onu Royim, kol People used to lease something from the pirates, and then they would, again, a secondary market selling the lease, uh, but the minute Pashat is that the Kenyan works, and quotes also, this Shuvah, that the Paiskim, this Klaal Bechlaal, that you can have a Kenyan Sittum to Dabash And quotes some others that say that you can't say Kimli, I hold like uh, the ones who hold it, it doesn't work. So the Hart Svi concludes, for all these reasons, I think that there's no Beismichosh, Hanach Lehem Yisrael. Now, this last point, especially of the Hartsvi, is relevant even today. Someone sells a check to someone else. The, the minig is not to make a separate star mechida on the on the check. I'm hereby selling you the check. Just pass the check off. So lechida, that's the same idea. Situmta, or even a man today, if they want to uh, sell the schos of the money that they're going to get, it's uh, operating on the same concept. There are other uh, practical ramifications for this nowadays. <laughs> right, a more risky uh, purchase. Right, so um, there are other practical contemporary ramifications. For example, there's an article by Rav Chaim Gedalia, symbolist, still with us, Sheikhia. So he had a question like this: Someone owed money, and he wanted to pay the debt. So how does he pay the debt? He wants to give the guy government bonds issued in his name, and the say that is that it's tax issued in your name. And you can't just transfer it, uh, you can't actually legally transfer it to someone else's name. 
Alamide, the agreement was that with Pyle, when you're able to cash the bond, I'm going to talk and give you the money. So it's the same kind of question because Pyle Mamish, he lent the middle guy $100, he's going to get back $120. Quotes from the British Yehuda, Bloy, who was Machmer. So in this case, you have to be Machmer because if Mamish has the person's name on the bond. But with symbolism, it's into this discussion that there's such a concept of selling without a Kenyan, transferring without a Kenyan. So yeah, technically you can't uh, legally transfer it, but there's still a concept in Allah where we agreed, it's totally yours. So according to him, in his opinion, uh, it will be re- fine for this reason, and he continues discussing it, but his maskana taka is lakula, uh, not like Rav Bloy. I also found there's a halachic uh, kaivitz from the Kailim and Bells, so they have a long article about also a say that you find taka in Kailim today, where you get a coupon, let's say you get a 500 uh, shekel coupon in a certain store, which often ends up happening, they get, they get value in different ways. So would you be allowed to sell the coupon to someone else for slightly less because you don't want, you know, you want cash, you don't want to buy from that store. So huge article going into this from Alazaitan, and part of the discussion is, is it completely similar to the case in Hartsvi? Because in the case of Hartsvi, Ramon and Martaka on board, they agreed, they said, we, talk, we fully uh, acknowledge this concept. Mashenkin here, if it's officially only Mamish the Makhbid, that's for the young delight only, and it's not really for other people, etc., etc., so that's, uh, that's the discussion there, and if you want to know the Maisa, you can look up the article to see, it depends on the, the depends Taka what the, uh, what the agreement, what the understanding is. One more thing, uh, in conclusion, there's an interesting thing from the Al-Tareb and the Tzemach Tzedek, uh, you might have it, it's in Tzemach Tzedek, Piskei Dinim, Simen Kofay and Gimel, uh, another hatter, another trick for Ribis. So he says, Chavaz Das, there's a trick that if Reuben wants to borrow Ribis from Shimon, so Reuben and Levi issue shtaris for 120 to each other, canceling each other out. And then Reuben takes the shtar chayv, the Levi kiviyachal owes him 120, and sells it to Shimon for 100. So Apoyal, Shimon paid 100, uh, lent, paid 100 to Reuben. And he's going to get back 120 supposedly from Levi, but really, Reuven's just paying Levi, and then Levi's paying Shimon. So uh, it's all just a fictitious loan over there to get the ribbis back around. So that's what the Chavaz Da says. And Semach says, This was a very common hetter in that period of time in that place. And some say, it's, it only works if it's K'shachai of This is fake. So does it really work? He says, "V'shem Azmur in the name of the Alter Rebbe Higli of Pinchas shall yamatzrich gam kein Kenyan." So, meaning that Levi has to talk about Mischayev. Otherwise, it seems silly. So, you have to do things that make it at least that Levi's fully playing along legally that he talk owes the money. I and Shom Bamshech all the different pratim that some goes back and forth, back and forth. But that's a related case. Talking something Kufayin Gimel that's discussed by the Tzemachtzar the Kohen Alter Rebbe. Yeah, I don't know.